0: Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that
1: specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting as usual from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta and if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at it but they're small enough to do it in a personal way that means they have like real people that answer the phone as opposed to some computer generated voice and that may be your mega banking experience and if it is renaissance here for you Uh, I've used their services on numerous occasions myself uh, uh, for clients that I work with, and so I encourage you to give them a try. Go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices, and give them a call, and I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Andre Peart. Andre is the CEO of Untapped Solutions. Andre, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you, John. Pleasure yeah, to be here. Yeah,
1: thanks for being here. Let's talk about you and your company, Untapped Solutions.
0: How are you serving folks out there? So definitely. We're serving folks by connecting the underserved population. That's the formerly incarcerated, homeless, the mentally ill, anybody who's just um feels like they've been untapped, right? We're serving them by connecting them with not just employment opportunities, but things that they need to be sort of employment ready, work ready. Mm. So that could be childcare. So they can make it to work if it's a single mom or single dad, right? It could be transportation if that person just came home from prison and that barrier to work is transportation. So we're connecting people to those things they need in mm-hmm. real time, utilizing mm-hmm. technology. Wow.
1: That's outstanding. Uh Talk a little bit about, uh maybe your background your passion for this and why yeah. why
0: um why th- this particular issue is so important for you yeah definitely so um going back obviously let's go back about 12 years um i just grew up in a rough neighborhood john grew mm-hmm. up in a really rough neighborhood um really good childhood rough neighborhood eventually landed me right in state prison in new york so mm-hmm. I went to state prison on an 8 year sentence that i had to do about 6 years out of that 2 mm-hmm. years on parole And harder than being in state prison, I always tell people is actually getting out Um, and I never saw this coming. So getting out and thinking, oh, things are going to be okay. I got the 40 bucks. You know, they'll put me back in housing. I'll find the services that they say are out there very easily to find. That wasn't a story. Got out, had the 40 bucks. That was done same day. New York City transportation, $4 here, $5 there. Then I was in a shelter because I couldn't go home because if you were living in a neighborhood... Mm-hmm. That drugs were sold within 500 feet, which is which every low-income neighborhood probably sure. in the world. You right. can't live there. Right. you got to go back to a shelter. So that made life even harder. So shelter experience for about 14 months, trying to knock at reentry organizations, doors for services, long wait lines, long referral lines, employment opportunities very scarce, even with a degree Um Ended up cleaning toilets at a local gym in Harlem. Ended up um, staying in the shelter for about 16 months. And that experience alone just really something else needed to happen. What I'm curious, So you went to prison at what age? Went to prison at 23,
1: and you got out six years later. I got you, out six uh, years later. Five okay, and a half so, years so later. you you were right right at they're almost 30. Yeah, when 20, you got 28. 20, years 20, years old. 28. Okay, yep. so what 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 is it about you? I'm, I'm very curious about this because um, not everybody mm-hmm. that comes out of prison at that age is able to do what you have obviously done, we're going to talk more about that in a second. Definitely. Um, um, and we, we know about the recidivism rate and, and what that looks like. Yeah. And as a society, we've got to be, it's, it's a point of shame, I think, overall. Yeah. To, to say more about why, Definitely. you, you know, what, what, what is it about you
0: yeah. that, that, that
1: have, has put you in the position you're in right now?
0: I believe it's, it was the conversations with myself Right When I say that to go deeper into it, it was getting out of prison and then realizing that people go back at a high scale. But why do you go back? Right. I don't think a lot of individuals get out of prison and think and actually sit down with themselves and say, all right, why do people go back and let me just draw out? Let me not do those things. Mm. Right. And a lot of that is is impossible because you're like, "Okay, I'm not going to sell drugs again. I'm not going to commit that crime or hang out with those old friends. But what happens when you can't get a job? What thoughts come to your mind when you can't get housing or reentry services, or they tell you five months until the referral goes through? Mm. Those thoughts come back. You know, my thing was I sort of thought past that. All right, what if the wait lines are going to be really long? What do I do? All right, and all it came down to was sit in the shelter, be ambitious, make every appointment, take every train ride that they tell you throughout New York City, seven appointments a day, and just do it and don't give up and work overnights. So literally do the hardest the, you know, that hard plan C that comes into people's mind, like then that's the impossible plan. I'm not gonna do that. That was what I had to do. And I actually just did it. So I planned it out. It was the hardest plan of working overnight, doing seven, eight hours of programming during the day, doing paroles, mandated programs, and realizing like, oh, this is why the system is a setup. It's so much stuff that I have to do that. It's almost nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. But um, it was literally just going through that. And then I realized that some normalcy started to come. I started to see more of a normal life. Though it was super hard, I started to see just a normal life. So it was really those thoughts, um, talking to myself, and a lot of ambition. You
1: know, In a lot of quarters of society, we tend to place a big burden mm-hmm. on those that are coming out of incarceration. Yeah. And um, whether they, quote-unquote, make it or not, yeah. whether they're successful or not, quote-unquote, it, it, we we really put it all on them and their individual, mm-hmm. uh, capabilities, drive ambition, what have you. And you're describing a, um, kind of a bureaucracy that, um, a system yeah. <laughs> that is, um, uh, confining and hard to overcome. Yeah. Say more about that.
0: Yeah. Um, and just to even before even saying more, I want to say maybe a few months ago, somewhere out in Georgia, they just did a um, sequence, a test. Judges, parole officers, they put them as if they were released with nothing, and um, had them go through what it looks like for thirty days to have like no license, go get it while you're still had to work, while you still had to have your children, um, and it didn't work out for them. So just going more into that, like that topic of things just don't work out after prison. The burden that people are placed on. Um, a lot of people don't think past. Hey, you know, they did that crime. So it's okay that that burden's on them. Mm -hmm. That's the mindset for a lot of people Mm -hmm. versus, all right, they did that crime. This is the burden that they got for doing that crime, but are they changed? Right. And do they need help? Mm -hmm. Right. um, I don't think a lot of people take, again, it's extra thoughts that you should probably take as a human being. Just think instead of, oh, did that crime? They're out after six years. They got to get their life back because they brought themselves there. That's what um, a lot of uh, the United States thinks just as a whole, right? Um, When the case is really, I did the time, I got out life sucks. There's nothing that I can really do. And even as a changed person, there's still nothing that I can really do. So I would say, yes, everything is sort of on me. And then the system just has requirements that are just going to keep me out of prison. But those requirements are actually nothing that gets me back to normalcy. It's not um parenting, learning how to be a father. It's, hey, go anger management and drug rehab, things related back to your crime, but nothing like housing mm-hmm. or any of those things. So the burden just to, it just continues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Folks we're here chatting with Andre Peart, and
1: Andre is the CEO of Untapped Solutions. So somewhere along in your journey you decided to do something about these issues and these um and create a better solution. Yeah. And I guess that's where Untapped Solutions comes in, right? Yep. Talk about the uh how that idea came and the genesis of your company.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it came in a shelter. I was sitting down, laying down in the shelter that I was in. This was maybe close to as I was getting released. And I got on a platform, LinkedIn. May A lot of people listening should be familiar with the platform. Mm-hmm. When I got on it, um, it's because a mentor had said, hey, get on it. I saw a bunch of jobs. I saw a bunch of opportunities. I saw a professional networking platform. Loved it got job interviews got denied and said, Hey, I want to go rebuild LinkedIn solely for the formerly incarcerated. Mm. When app, you get on, you see jobs catered to you. You see services catered to you. We pat, you know, we let's skip the lines and let's take reentry into 20, you know, the 21st century. Mm-hmm. As I did that app, as any other founder, small business owner, you got to start from the bottom and probably work your full-time job as you're doing it. Right. My full-time job became a caseworker. Hey, let's go be a caseworker. As I'm building an app to give back, my give back for now could be just helping other individuals like me. And I did that and I helped the homeless and it sucked. It was terrible experience as a caseworker. I now got to see the other side of which helped me build out the the business even better. I saw the the side of the people who helped the people like me. Now I was the person helping and I saw the pens and papers of your needs, your mental health issues getting written down and slapped into a manila folder as if it was 1950 and sit there. Hmm. That's when I knew Untapped Solutions, which was ConConnect at the time, I knew it was more than just a LinkedIn. It was more than just opportunity faster for the former incarcerated. Because if I got you to this service and you went to wait in line, I only got you I only got you to waiting faster. Mm. So we knew we needed a tired, new case management hiring system for the world. No longer a thing just for the people getting out because the people who helped them needed to be empowered. Mm-hmm. So we started, we launched Untap Solutions as that LinkedIn platform. It grew to about 300 employers over about six months. It wow. took about- Eight months in the inter, as we did that to really build out the case management platform, we raised some venture capital from TechStars, Decarceration Fund, and Overline Venture Capital. Mm -hmm. Um, That's right out here in Atlanta, Georgia, too, as well. And um, from there, we launched a case management platform that grew from zero to over two thousand nonprofits, social enterprise, you know, ministries, agencies, correctional facilities, using it to better manage their formerly incarcerated clients, clients with homeless abilities, and get them jobs, services faster than they ever could. So we grew from that mobile platform, just like that was linked into an entire case management platform, helping caseworkers and social workers and a platform helping employers hire. Wow. So let me back up for a
1: second. And for those that don't understand what's involved in case management,
0: describe that whole process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I sit at a desk like we're sitting at now. I wait for clients who need different things to come into my door every day. Those needs can be from just got out of prison. I need everything. Homeless, I need a house. Um, Childcare, I'm a mom, single mom with many kids and nobody's supporting me and I would love to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And a caseworker handles those needs. In the US, we don't need to know that, we go over numbers that there's hundreds, almost millions of people facing all those barriers. Not and nowhere near enough caseworkers. I think it's it's one to four. So a caseworker sits down and works with all those people to help them get childcare, their life back in order, employment, all those different things. One case where it reverses the world, that's case management, and it's done pretty much on pen and paper or on you know traditional CRMs that just hold the client's name and pain. so every mm. time that caseworker logs in, their current system just reminds them the clients are hurting and reminds them how much work they have to do, and that's what casework is today. Wow, um,
1: and what you're describing is a uh, is a system with a lot of tentacles. And so the fact that it's on paper means there are a lot they're there just hundreds or more of misconnections, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so um so the clients for your service are certainly employers, but you mentioned social social service organizations as well. Yeah. Say more on that.
0: So nonprofits we like to say client driven organizations, which mm-hmm. is what they like. Um, to, they recognize themselves at are organizations that deal with people, right? In service in a service manner, providing any type of help, assistance, employment, anything that's allowing them to get their life back in order. We yep. deal with all those type of nonprofits and social service agencies. Got it. Um, and if I'm an employer, um,
1: well, let's, let's, before we leave the social service agencies, um, is it better case management that they get out of this? Is that, is that the the driving force to get them on your platform or how, what,
0: what, what's their, um, what's the compelling problem oh, yeah. that gets solved? It's a, I want to say it, it does everything from what you said. It's a better case management experience for that caseworker mm-hmm. who's sitting there with trying to help their client. So it's the instant gratification of, wow, I'm helping my client not store, just store their name and their pains. I'm actually getting them everything they need in real time and I'm doing it now. Mm. And I want to say though, nothing's really bigger than the client's anybody's mind. 50% of that is that caseworkers fatigue is down tremendously. The work she did before trying to find the paperwork for this client, the work she did before is going to turn from a caseworker to a recruiter to the client calling at eight, 8 PM at night. And now she's a therapist. All that stuff is eradicated because our technology is helping her help the client better. She goes home at five o'clock and she can actually have time with the family. So it's more than even just the client part; it's actually bringing them back to human t- human beings and being less fatigued.
1: Yeah, because these these um, uh, to be clear, we're not casting dispersions on these folks. I mean, they're they've got overwhelming caseloads, yeah, and it's very difficult to keep up. Yeah, right? Exactly. Super difficult to keep up. Yeah yeah so uh, employers, let's talk about first of all, before we get to the what employers get out of your platform, uh, why, why should employers consider a formally
0: incarcerated definitely uh, individual as to add to their employ, employment yeah. base? Um, Great question. Couldn't wait for that question. (laughs) But all the data, there's no data. I'll start off with there's no data pointing to employers hiring formerly incarcerated people and their establishments getting put on fire, getting robbed, and other employees getting hurt. Those case studies don't exist. The case studies that do exist is my traditional hire versus my formerly incarcerated hire um, lasted three times, six years on average. So retention that's never been saw before loyalty, um, the U S military. These are all studies too. That can be found on second chance business coalition and prison policy initiative.com. Very, um, very well established orgs, but the U S military, they also did a study. They promoted people to sergeant faster than they promoted their traditional people who were formerly incarcerated. Really? Yeah. So a lot of these um, studies in regards to just retention um, loyalty and work ethic in the workforce, all the data is out there that they work harder um, and they work longer mm-hmm. and they just stay longer. And that mm-hmm. is better operations. That's cost because money we're not we're not spending on firing and retraining. Mm-hmm. All that stuff does not happen. And they help. The, one of the biggest things is putting those individuals in roles that employers forever have thought, oh, these are going to be our high turnover positions forever. Let's just consider that. And now when they're placing those individuals, they're like, oh, we just were placing the wrong people there.
1: Mm. Wow. So t- talk about the Uh, kinds of businesses that uh, you think
0: benefit most from the formerly incarcerated? I would definitely give you the answer a year and a half ago that, hey, you know, it was probably just some small mid-sized businesses, um, you know, yeah, let's just say small small, mid-sized businesses. John, I tell you, all businesses can benefit. Mm. And the reason I say that is because whether you get a formerly incarcerated person out of prison with no skills and just the skills the prison gave them, and which is pretty much going to be anything across blue collar, manufacturing, all that stuff. You have a lot of prisons who have the college program. So people are now getting out, and this has been for years, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees from Yale, from Fordham University, those individuals can work at an entry level job. They can mm-hmm. work at a corporate. They can work at a corporation. The things they might be missing are just the soft skills, the people skills. Having a conversation like this, how long can that take before this person's ready to you know perform at that corporation? Sure. So I definitely would believe that um all types of companies, the majority of companies that we've saw in the past take were the blue collar sector in the recent years. Um, with this crazy war on talent, now we're seeing um sales tech tech companies are harder. Are starting boot camps for just solely for formerly incarcerated individuals so mm-hmm. they can put them as coders inside their establishments. Mm-hmm. So
1: let's talk to the business owner out there who um, thinks, okay, intellectually, Andre, I understand the studies, I understand the argument, I yep. need talent. Maybe their hang up is how do I create a personal connection? Gotcha. with someone who's different cultural background. And obviously they've been incarcerated and that's created a whole trauma in their life, mm-hmm. right. That I can't identify with. Yep. And how do I, how do I create that connection so that I make that employment yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: situation successful? Yeah. That's a question I couldn't wait for. So that goes into what I wanted to answer. There's a stigma, right. And then mm-hmm. more is it a stigma? There's a, sometimes just a discomfort and you just described it perfectly. Sure, I don't really understand this person. And then or it's to sometimes it's what's going to happen if i hire this person can they make it to work will things go you know how will they act with the staff right i truly understand that i'm a businessman to myself so it's never our model is don't ask employers just to hire this population for what they can do it's let's bring you into the comfortability so again we have the caseworkers on the platform who work with the population to bring them back to normalcy have they have transportation make sure they have connection And now through that employer on our platform, they hire directly from the caseworker. So caseworker gives them the hire. Mm. The employer now has a connection with the establishment doing care management, personal development, professional development, and the employer can now get connect um, notifications from that caseworker, education on how they can work better with this person. The employer is gonna know that this person just got out of this program for all this stuff, feeling more comfortable, alleviating a lot of the stigma through our platform, they see the other caseworkers are there if they want to ask questions. And now the concern is down because they don't feel alone through just like a, you know, a hiring platform, post a job, get a person. And now you still have all those concerns. So we don't stop at just the hiring. Mm. Wow. So the,
1: the support system that you, you have is not just for that of the formerly incarcerated employee, now employee, it's for the employer as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Wow. What great work. So, um, for the employer that's interested in this, how does, how does the platform work? I mean, what do they, if they're, they, they're hearing this interview, they need talent. They want to know more. What do they do? They log in somewhere and get more information. I assume.
0: Yeah. They log in right to UntappedSolutions.io. They sign up as an employer. They answer five questions. They post their jobs. Their jobs automatically we use artificial intelligence takes their open roles send it to every nonprofit in their neighborhood, wherever they're hiring at their local community. And so that way, those nonprofits now are going to see the jobs and give it to their work ready applicants who are now that person at employers, like, Oh, I got people who are coming straight out of the program, work ready, and they feel a lot more comfortable.
1: And is this all over the
0: country here in Georgia? we talk about the geographic reach. Yeah. So definitely we are all over the country. Mm That has been just for the past seven months, but the majority of our work has been in New York and Georgia.
1: Okay. Okay, terrific. Um, I've
0: got to ask, because you talked about your background in New York, but how did you get to Georgia? So I got to Georgia through a a great call from a guy named Barry Givens from Techstars Social Impact, and that was um, Techstars, which is a venture capital firm. They were having their social impact investment firm, and they were starting it right out of Atlanta. So um, one, I'm a social impact company, and once they called me, to Atlanta. I got my first $120,000 investment from Techstars Atlanta. And part of that was stay out here. Um, But my company grew so much in the Atlanta, Georgia ecosystem. We raised more venture capital and we just stayed out in Atlanta never left. So though we had us we like to say we had a small business in New York but um we have a fast grown startup when we came out here to Georgia.
1: Oh, well the now the the uh, economic development folks in Georgia just uh, <laughs> uh, uh raised raise their hands in celebration hearing that. So we we love hearing stuff like that. So that's terrific and we're delighted to have you here, Andre. Um uh in this uh, in this area. Um so I would love it if you could maybe share a success story.
0: Definitely. And
1: maybe maybe of um uh not just a client that that has gone through your um uh using untapped solutions from an employment um and a reentry point of view, but an employer
0: as yeah. well. Yeah. I'll start off with the employer right here in um right here in Georgia, Lowe's. So um seven atlanta i believe they had seven stores a lot of them were located through atlanta mm-hmm. they got on our platform because they wanted to start hiring the formerly incarcerated they actually had already started hiring and they believed in somewhat a similar model of let's hire through the people that train them because we're going to get better quality quality people and we're sure that they have people they're working with on the outside mm-hmm. when they learned our platform did that in seconds versus the manual process they did they were um doing they reached out to us we got connected and what we did with Lowe's was we're, we were able to take all their jobs like they were doing and no longer have them like calling nonprofits. Hey, do you have people that know how to do this, this stuff? They posted their jobs on our platform and their jobs automatically have connected them with three different nonprofits throughout Atlanta. And they now have a seamless pipeline of formerly incarcerated people who are trained, a six-month program and going straight into Lowe's. And this has been continuous. And that's a case study we actually share around with all um, potential employers um, and all that stuff. So that's a two. That's two success stories in their own because those people that got out of prison and got those jobs directly through our platform. Because mm-hmm. to get to Lowe's, they had to go through our platform anyway. Mm-hmm. When you think of that, that's also a success story for the organization. How many hours and months it takes for those organizations to do the programs they do for them clients? Mm. Which may be, I'm doing personal development and, and childcare, but I know that through our funding, we have to get you a job, and that's going to take me 45 days because I got 70 clients. But through Untapped Solutions. I got your job by clicking a button because Andre has Lowe's and Hilton and all these companies in here. Mm-hmm. So that's one story, three successes, the caseworker, no sourcing, no time wasted finding employment. And her clients are happy. Their clients found the jobs and Lowe's found a new partner where they can trust to make sure their jobs are going to the right place. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Um, so for our Small, medium-sized businesses out yeah. there—are they able to access the platform?
0: Oh yeah, we got a bunch of um, small restaurants, local restaurants. We have local employers out, right out here in Atlanta too that use our platform to post all different kinds of jobs. And again, it's all about—we f- we have a—we fit all different models from one job posting to hundred job postings. So yeah, small, mid-sized businesses can get on. They can post a job. They can connect with nonprofits and learn from them too as well.
1: I know I'm asking a question that does not the answer, of which does not apply to everyone, (laughs) but let's just take those individuals that have been hired by Lowe's. Yeah. What's, what's the reduction in time from that has been created and and effort and, you know, tears and fears, if if you will, that's been created um, for those individuals that have been hired because your platform exists. I mean, they get out of, prison yep. and um under the old model the old system the yep. existing system you know they've got uh a long and winding road you've created something that uh introduces speed in 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 there <laughs> as well as efficiency right yep. so what's what how does that what's what's the difference there what Oh, yeah.
0: Does does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. 14 to 30 days, depending on that person's criminal conviction versus the three to nine months it was taking. Wow. Right. So we're talking three months. That can be just a person with robbery. You know, it's it's how America has it. 90% of crimes are considered violence, even if there's no violence. It's Mm -hmm. just how the law is. So when employers see that violent crime pop up and it's just somebody walked in and told them, give me your gum. All they see is violent crime. Right. so the person can't get the job our system helps employers recognize what this person's crime was was so now it's just fourteen thirty days um depending on again what kind of crime that person's coming on the platform with got it got it and this
1: is a major reduction in cost to society oh yeah as well I mean we have to say this right yeah. that that it saves all of us uh as taxpayers as as society in general a lot of um a lot of money and a lot of uh, untapped
0: uh, uh, or unmeasured cost. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Definitely does. I believe it costs at minimum, just talking about a state, 62,000 to incarcerate somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's just for 10 months. Right. And that's everything that we're paying for. So you just reduce that. That just goes down. You just see that go down and down in the taxes. Right. Right. Wow. Andre Parrott.
1: Uh, folks, the CEO of untapped solutions. Um, Andre, what are you looking for? Um, let, let's get that out for those that, uh, businesses that, um, are interested. I assume you're looking for those, but, but yeah. say more about what,
0: uh, you're looking for to be able to continue to grow your company and expand the great work you're doing. Definitely. I always like to say, um, we're looking to help, but when we help, we like to give first through helping, right? So we're always looking for people just to spread the word, whether it's an employer mm-hmm. who's thought about it, just give it a try. Or whether it's a service, you know, a nonprofit organization who's um heard this and they're like, yeah, I'm tired of the pen and paper actually. You know, I need to talk to my executive director about this, mm-hmm. about this new technology. But I want to see what I think the biggest thing people can do is that we all know somebody probably who's been formerly incarcerated, homeless, mm-hmm. from some underserved community. We always have those friends tell them about untapped solutions. And that right there is helping somebody change a life.
1: Yeah. Well, we're delighted to be able to be part of spreading that word. We're just very honored that you came and, uh, uh, we could chat with you about that and help get the shine the light on what you're doing, get the word out on the great work you're doing. So congratulations on that. And we wish you all the best. Thank you. Uh, let's get to the most important question though, which, which is for those that do want to be in touch uh, Want to learn
0: more? Maybe uh, get on your platform. Uh, how can they do that? Definitely. So we're super easy findable on all social medias. Untapped Solutions and UntappedSolutions.io and hello at UntappedSolutions.io is the best way to best way to reach us. Terrific. Andre Pert, he's the
1: CEO of Untapped Solutions. Andre, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. It's been a pleasure too. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder if you have got uh, administrative tasks in your business that is, are keeping you from doing the most important thing you can do, which is work with your clients and get more clients, um, maybe you got bookkeeping problems. Your bookkeeping consists of a Nike shoebox with a lot of receipts. If you've got those kind of issues, then my suggestion is you get on the phone and call the folks at Office Angels. They have a whole team of angels that fly in, get those jobs done for you, and they fly out. And they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis. 678-528-0500 is the phone number. My suggestion is just give them a call. Um, I use their services, and they do great work, and I couldn't run my business without them. But if you're shy, go to officeangels.us to learn more. And... Another quick reminder as we wrap up here, uh, I've got a book coming out later this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. It's for professional services providers, soloists, and small firm providers um, who need help with their business development and their pricing. So if that describes you, um, go to com and you can sign up for updates to Get more information on the book as we get closer to releasing it later in uh, 2023. And I want to thank you, our audience. We have uh, we are coming up on show number 700 for North Fulton Business Radio, and we've only gotten this far because of you. You continue to support us and share the show. When you've heard some of our great business leaders that are on the show, I can't imagine there's not a reason to share this one. Uh, so if you've heard something here from Andre that makes you want to share the show with someone else that you think could benefit from the services of untapped solutions or for any of our shows, please continue to do that as we continue to live into the, our mission as to be the voice of business in the North Fulton region. So for my guest, Andre Pert, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton business radio.